This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. You open your eyes and see a light once hidden behind darkness and shadows. You see a peace in the serenity and the calm. I see a training for the trial, the enabling of God. You see a storm, waves of suffocating sorrow which threaten to smother you. I see an anchor, a hope. You see mistakes and failures, baggage and pain. I see influence, a microphone. One day you'll open your eyes and see potentials expired, and time is up. But I see the echoes in eternity, a work finally finished. Listen, focus. A light lies hidden beneath the darkness of shadows. See the things unseen. Eternity now, to the eyes of a lion. So welcome everyone this morning to New Church Live. I, I love that trailer and I love what it speaks to. And, and it's interesting, you know, in the, in the paths I travel, seeing how spirituality, the kind of spirituality that trailer talks about, the kind of spirituality we're going to talk about today, changes lives. Dramatically changes lives. May not change external circumstances of lives, but can definitely change the way we hold things, the way we see things, the way we are in the world. So I want to thank you for joining me here today. As we talk about what does it really look like as we wrap up this piece, what does it really look like to see through the eyes of a lion? What does it really look like to go back to these ancient, ancient, ancient words over 2,000 years ago and see what they have to tell us today? Now, to catch you up, for those of you who are first-time attendees, we've done this in three parts. We looked the first week a little salt and a little light, like what does that mean to be salt and light out there in the world? What does it mean to move to the margins? It was last week. And this week, I'm going to have you say the number. This week is construction, construction 101. So what does it look like? Like we've talked about it. What does it look like to actually build a life? Like what could a life look like built a certain way? And what we've been using is we've been using this ancient, ancient, ancient sermon, 2,000 some odd years old, traditionally referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. A sermon which Christ offered to a, to a bunch of very broken people. And it got transcribed, it got passed on, and it's filled with a lot of wisdom that can really help our lives and can, and can change, I think, so much of how we live into the world, can give us different optics. Different optics in terms of how we see the world, how we are in the world, how we function. And we've started every week with the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, real, real, real straight optics, which are known as the Beatitudes. And again, like I love the idea that the Beatitudes, they're so connected to the idea of beauty. Like that there's beauty and he's talking to these very broken people, people like you and me. And he offers these beautiful eight Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom. I have you say the H word there. For theirs is the kingdom of kingdom of heaven. That idea we're talking about. What exactly is the kingdom of heaven? So today, what I really want to focus on is, is let's look at it, the ancient words within this Sermon on the Mount. Again, I, you can read it on at home. It's it's beautiful stuff. It's Matthew. For those of you who aren't aware, there's there's four. Gospels. One of the main one is called Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. And these are very short chapters. And I want you to hear what the Sermon on the Mount sounded like. So I want you to hear some of the echoes. And the way we're going to do that is I'm going to be asking in just a minute for five volunteers. One of them has already volunteered. That's Barry Halderman. Thank you, Barry. And you're going to come forward. We've got five pieces of paper here. We're just going to go right down the line. And you're just going to read a part from the Sermon on the Mount. And the parts you're reading are a very modern translation because I really want you to see kind of the, the modernity of it, the, the contemporary nature of it, the, the, the way that this can really impact your life. And then what we're going to do is then we're going to take a look at a beautiful talk by Father Gregory Boyle. We can really see how those optics come through. So to get us started and to get us just listening here, just listening, because again, we have to remember with the Bible and the word, this was an oral tradition. Could most people read at this time? Yes or no? No, very, very few people could read. So that's how the church actually grew was, was through these people offering these different thoughts, other people hearing them and sort of soaking them in and going like, oh, oh, I get it. I get it, I get it. So what I need is I need four more volunteers and you can just come on forward, line up in one of these pieces of paper. Barry here will line up at number one so you know right where to line up. So please come on forward if you'd like to read. Did I did, yeah, everybody's bringing their glasses. I blew it up really big, really, really big. Good to see you. All right, we need, we need one more brave person. Anybody else? Oh, there we go. Thanks, Dan. We should get Dan to sing while he's up here. All right, folks, please, first off, give them a round of applause. Thank them for reading. All right, bear your first. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and it is its unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer, for then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best the sun to warm and the rain to nourish, to everyone, regardless, the good and bad, the nice and nasty. If all you do is love, 
the lovable. Do you expect a bonus? Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you, when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that sneer off your own face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. New Church Optics. Actions combine every aspect of charity and faith in a person. Charity is the image of God. God flows into every human being with all his divine life. That is with all his divine love and divine wisdom. The Lord's mercy is universal and reaches out to every individual human being. For in this place of which you say, it is a waste there will be heard again the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voices of those who sing. Wasn't that, wasn't that beautiful like to hear? Like, and, and you think about, folks, the way people would have heard that. Like, these were very broken people. And we both have this beautiful, beautiful therapeutic element where God is going again and again, you are blessed. You are blessed, even in your brokenness. Matter of fact, with your brokenness, come to me, you are blessed there. So there's that beautiful therapeutic part. So we both understand that love exists. And we also have to understand that love insists. Love insists that we act in certain ways, certain ways that are hard. And hopefully you heard something there that was both beautiful, grounding, wonderful, settled you. And I hope you heard as well something that challenged you. The one I always get, like, if somebody sues me, I'm not giving them a coat. You know, but, but, but there's a figurative part to that. And again, you have to hear these things with Jesus, with Jesus saying them with a smile, with a grin. Because these were the broken people of the earth. Again, people like you and me. Now, can you still hear these optics? Can you still see these optics out there in the world? The answer is yes, yes, yes. Can we all say a big where with a question mark at the end here? Ready? Where? I'm going to tell you where. I'm going to tell you where. People like great Father Gregory Boyle, they have it going on. I see what so many of these people offer as being a direct echo of the Sermon on the Mount. So what I'm gonna do is I wanna play for you part of his speech that he gave at Notre Dame, uh, its commencement address where Father Gregory Boyle talks and, and he actually runs the largest gang intervention program in the world. Home and he employs a lot of these people he calls homies, which are gang members in Los Angeles. Now, he hangs out with gang members, so I need to tell you, some of his language is a little saucy, all right, so just like, I don't know. Do something. So if it, it offends you, my, my apologies. I tried to cut out as much as I could without cutting his speech all to ribbons. So some of his language is a little saucy, and there's a really big point in here. And hear it, hear it as an echo, as an echo coming out of the Sermon on the Mount. Father Gregory Boyle. 
You know, what Martin Luther King says about church could well be said about your time here at Notre Dame. It's not the place you've come to, it's the place you go from. And you go from here to create a community of kinship such that God, in fact, might recognize it. You imagine with God a circle of compassion, and then you imagine nobody standing outside that circle. You go from here to dismantle the barriers that exclude And there's only one way to do that, and that is to go where the joy is, which is at the margins. For if you stand at the margins, that's the only way they'll get erased. And you stand with the poor and the powerless and the voiceless. You stand with those whose dignity has been denied. And you stand with those whose burdens are more than they can bear. And you will go from here and have this exquisite privilege once in a while to be able to stand with the easily despised and the readily left out with the demonized so that the demonizing will stop and with the disposable so that the day will come when we stop throwing people away. You go to the margins And indeed, you have to brace yourselves because people will accuse you of wasting your time. But the prophet Jeremiah writes, In this place of which you say it is a waste, there will be heard again the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voices of those who sing. You go from this place so that other voices get to be heard. And you go equipped with values so eloquently articulated by CJ earlier. Values born in the Acts of the Apostles. See how they love one another. There's nobody needy in this community. And my favorite one is an odd one and it says simply, and awe came upon everyone. It would seem that the health of the communities that you go from here to create may well reside in their ability to stand in awe at what the poor have to carry rather than stand in judgment at how they carry it. I'm going to tell one story because I'm the only thing standing between you and lunch. (laughs) Many years ago, I was invited to speak to 600 social workers in Richmond, Virginia. It was an all-day gang uh, in-service from 9 to 5. I said, yes, I figured I'll give the keynote or maybe I'll speak at lunch or maybe I'll close the day. Well, a week before I was to fly... I pull out the letter, and to my horror, I discovered that I was to be the only speaker all damn day. (laughs) So I quickly called in two homies, Jose and Andre, gang members who were in our training program, and I sat them down, and I said, look, you're flying with me to Richmond, Virginia at the end of the week. I'd like you to get up and tell your stories. Take your time. (laughs) 
because we got a long ass day to fill. Well, I'd never heard their stories and Jose got up and he was 25 years old, gang member, been to prison, felon, tattooed. He was in our 18 month program, but he was finishing up his time as a very valued member of our uh, substance abuse team, a man solid in his own recovery. And now he was helping younger homies with their addiction issues. He had spent a long stretch of time as a homeless man, an even longer stretch as a heroin addict, a gentle, kind soul. He's proof that only the soul that ventilates the world with tenderness has any chance of changing the world. So Jose got up and and he said, I I guess you could say I was six years old and and my mom and I, I, we didn't get along so good. She said to me once, "I, I wish you would just kill yourself. You're such a burden to me. Well, 600 social workers audibly gasped, and he says, it sounds way worser in Spanish. (laughs) And we went from gasp to laugh. He said, I think I was nine when my mom drove me down to the deepest part of Baja California, and she walks me up to an orphanage, and she knocks on the door, and the guy comes to the door, and she says... I found this kid and she left me there for 90 days until my grandmother could get out of her where she had dumped me and my grandmother came and rescued me. My mom beat me every single day of my elementary school years with things you could imagine and a lot of things you couldn't. Every day my back was bloodied and scarred. In fact, I had to wear three t-shirts to school each day. First t-shirt because the blood would seep through. And second t-shirt, you could still see it. Finally, the third t-shirt, you couldn't see any blood. Kids at school, they'd make fun of me. Hey fool, it's a hundred degrees. Why are you wearing three t-shirts? And then he stopped speaking, so overwhelmed with emotion. And he seemed to be staring at a piece of his story that only he could see. When he could regain his speech, he said through his tears, I wore three t-shirts well into my adult years because I was ashamed of my wounds. I didn't want anybody to see them. But now I welcome my wounds. I run my fingers over my scars. My wounds are my friends. After all, how can I help heal the wounded? if I don't welcome my own wounds. And awe came upon everyone.
The measure of our compassion lies not in our service of those on the margins, but only in our willingness to see ourselves in kinship with them. Notre Dame is not the place you've come to. It always was going to be the place you go from. And you go from here to create a community of kinship such that God might recognize it. My sense of the class of 2017 is that you have ceased to care whether anyone will accuse you of wasting your time. For in this place of which you say it is a waste, there will be heard again the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voices of those who sing. For you have decided to go from here and to allow other voices to be heard. And may God bless you in that class of 2017. That's so powerful. I, you know, watch it again and again. And I, and I just, can you, can you see and can you sense the Sermon on the Mountain there? You know, you, you, you see it. And, and it's, of course, it's no surprise, folks, that these broken people are finding a home in the Christian faith as done out of the Sermon on the Mount. Like, that's no surprise. Because that's where the world, and again, I love the phrase like ventilated by tenderness. Is that a beautiful phrase or what? Ventilated by kindness, which is such a beautiful, beautiful thing to carry on in our lives. And in that, we learn to celebrate kinship. You know, and, and that's, and that again, like that stirring in our heart, that's that kinship. And so as, as we go through this and, and we look at the beauty of the Sermon on the Mount and we, we, and we try to understand that Sermon on the Mount and what it can mean, we can come back to a beautiful, beautiful question, which is the question is, is what we learned, what we learned. And, and, and because we're, you know, I don't want to keep the pace going here. I'd love if there's just a couple of people, just two people who'd like to raise their hand and I'll come around with the mic and just, just say like, yeah, you know, this is what I learned. I hear Greg Boyle, I hear the Sermon on the Mount. This is the part I learned. Just a couple of volunteers for that. So if you could raise your hand and let me come around and get your, and get your input because I want us to be able to share what we learned. Who would like to I had to go out to Ohio there for a minute. All right, but we're back. To see people for who they are inside and not what they look like on the outside. Good, good. To, to see people. And that's the essence of kinship, right? To see who they are. I saw another hand down in, down in here. 
Me too. Yeah, me too. Jack, could you explain that to me too? Because I love that. Sure. Um, just a recognition of the idea that we're not separated as far as we might think we are from anyone else, yeah. no matter what situation they might be in. Yeah, yeah, we're not separated. Here's a little, can I, can I preach like a 10-second sermon for you? The 10-second the sermon is this. You know what the word diabolical means? We think like evil. No, the word diabolical means divided. Isn't that interesting? Universe, one song, diabolical, divided. Bring us home, buddy. The wisdom of empathy, not sympathy. The wisdom of compassion and uh, just love. That's great. Give everybody a round of applause there. That was great. I love what Mark said there. You know, the, the wisdom of empathy. That's where he's talking about kinship. That's where he's talking about the shift. That gets us into construction 101. That gets us into how we can build in a new way. And this building is really important. Look at this beautiful line of scripture. This is how he kind of brings it home in the Sermon on the Mount. So he preaches these beautiful things to these wonderful people. And then what he says is, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise one who built their house on the, can you say the R word there, house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the, on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish one who built their house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It's a beautiful image there of, of, yeah, you know what? We can take these things, folks. We can live them. We can live them. There are people out there who are doing it. There are members of this congregation, I think, who do it beautifully. And I feel like we all do in certain ways that we're called. That idea of living it, that idea of building on a rock, that idea of finding these true, true, true pieces and moving those forward into our lives. And there's a difference, right? I, I think we can look at the shifting sands versus solid rock. And, and I, this is just my list. This is the kind of thing for you to have a conversation with your, with your loved ones on your way home. What, what's the shift for me when I think about shifting sands versus solid rock? Well, for me, the, the shifting sands of my life are when I get worried about self-esteem, popularity, overconsumed with my own happiness, and entertained. Now, now, those aren't bad things. They're not bad things. They're just not the things, though, to build your life on. They're, they're not the true rock because they'll come and go. I mean, do all of you feel good about yourself every day? <laughs> no. Uh, do all of you feel popular every day? No. Do all of you feel happy every day? No. Do all of you feel entertained every minute? No. Like, no, 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 no. Those are shifting sands, but, but, but here we can, we can put ourselves on a rock far different where instead of self-esteem, I just make the commitment, I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to hide. Yep, I'm going to be anxious, worried, concerned, and I'm not going to hide. Yep, popularity, but you know what? What actually has more value, should have more value is meaning. 
Am I living a life as me, of meaning as God gives me to see it? Happiness. Well, what if we focused on empowerment? Happiness comes, happiness goes. But if I can see myself as an empowered human being made in God's image and likeness here on this earth to perform a particular use that I can perform, that kind of empowerment, I think, feeds so much. And the last one, instead of entertainment, engagement. 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 Really somehow rolling up our sleeves to work into the places of the world where we feel called to work. And sometimes those are very big, spectacular places like Gregory Boyle. Sometimes they're not. I don't think it much matters. I think what matters is are we bringing engagement to it? I think that's the most significant thing. This is so critically important. You know, and I think it's critically important for the times we're in as well. Times that can feel so divided, so divisive. I mean, when was the last time you heard a a conversation about kinship? Don't hear that a whole lot. A thought I want to leave with you as we close today's service. I think part of church is this, of being a healthy church. And from a new church perspective, that means a healthy church, that we're all an individual church, and corporately a healthy church. So it's here and here. One of the things that Christ does that is just amazing and beautiful is, uh, you know, many of you know it, probably a lot of you don't, you know, he runs through all these, all these different sayings and he said, and then he gives the Cliff Notes version. He says, look, if you just remember two things, love God, love your neighbor, and love your neighbor as yourself. So self-love, self-care is part of that. Love God, love the neighbor. Now, many, many, of many, many um, churches that run into trouble, many pastors, I feel, that run into trouble, when I run into trouble, when I'm off base, it's, it's, it's because I feel as individuals, sometimes we divide those two. We have loving God, and we have loving other people. So what that means, and you can think of the extremes from ISIS to others, less dramatic extremes, What that means is sometimes in serving God, if I've divided the two, that actually gives me space to hate the neighbor. Actually gives me space to say, I'm serving God by somehow abusing you or somehow treating you spitefully. The challenge with that thinking is that that thinking, please listen carefully, that thinking, folks, puts itself in a religious patina, which is scary which is frightening. It can't, we can't have that. That's why New Church, the biggest threat is faith alone, not atheism. In other words, when we separate those two and we put faith up here and we put people down here, we're, we can become very dangerous people. And that's kind of the bad news. But here's the good news. The good news is we can put them together. Could I get an amen on that? We can put them together. Greg Boyle, did he put them together? Yes, absolutely. And, and you can see the ripples that can make where, all right, so, so, and this is direct, direct from New Church theology, that love of God and love of other people, it's one and the same. So when I work, when I really work at surrendering part of my life and really, really work at loving other people, I'm learning how to love God. When I really, really work at loving God, Of course that's going to translate into loving other people. Of course it's going to translate there. 
And that is where kinship arises. That's where that sense of awe arises. That's where that sense of like in this place of which you said there was nothing, there will arise dance. Kinship. Ventilated by kindness. The eyes of a lion. The eyes of a lion. This week, live that. Live kinship. Ventilate your life and the lives of those around you with kindness. Be it. Amen. We're now going to close today's service with a prayer. You're welcome to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it, to have a moment of quiet reflection, or to say your own quiet prayer. And then at the end, I strongly encourage you, if you feel brave enough, you can stand up and sing with Marcus as we sing about building a new world with our own two hands. So please join me in a prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful testimony of Father Gregory Boyle. Bless those endeavors of that amazing man, Lord. And bless our endeavors as well. Bless those best intentions of our heart. Intentions that pull us towards kinship. That pull us not from this idea that we are somehow higher and down to serve those lower, but that that feeling of kinship, that feeling of empathy, that feeling of me too. Let us find in that powerful place and let us find in the Sermon on the Mount 2,000 years ago the words we need today. June 23rd, 2017. Even if it's just one sentence or one word or one phrase, Lord, let us live there as best we can. Life is always blessed, broken, and shared. Thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for maybe allowing us to see through your eyes, through the eyes of a lion. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.